Ladies and gentlemen and everything in between, welcome to our main attraction, the most ambitious podcast episode of history. On my left, sideburns and cigarettes. On my right, Lupin Central. Ready? Let the games begin. Unlike what we're, what we're reviewing today, this is an audio medium, although what we're reviewing today should have been an audio medium, and, yeah. and joining us today are Pretty in Pink, Natalie. Sorry, but what's up? <laughs> Will, the burger who would be king. Oi. You look like you got hit by a train, Emma. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> Detective Atomi, uh, I mean, Drew. Mm, hello, hello. Our special guest, a late game level from Doom, Lee. What am I doing here? Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and fill my eyes with that troubled vision. Me, the amazing Chris Godby. Yay. <laughs> hey. Yay. Ah, well, and Hello, and welcome to Sideburns and Cigarettes of Loot. Actually, you know what? Screw it. You are listening to Leotards and Larceny, a cat's eye podcast. <laughs> a podcast about three thieving sisters, a himbo cop, and their most recent adventure. I didn't agree to this. <laughs> surprise, surprise. His contract stated it was for Lupin and Lupin only. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. There's a character in Cat's Eyes known as Lupin's daughter, right? So. Oh, this is I true. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, so. That contracts can always be, you know, edited. <laughs> yes, a little list of characters. <laughs> <laughs> we recently celebrated the 50th anniversary of Lupin III's first animated TV series, and now another set of thieves are crossing a similar milestone. Cat's Eye, the anime series based on Tsukasa Hojo's manga, celebrates its 40th anniversary this year. And, in honor of this occasion, the titular Kasugi sisters have starred in their first solo animated outing in 38 years. Well, actually that's not correct, as this new film pits the thieving sisters against a monkey-faced thief and his cunning friends. That's right, Lupontic folks. Tonight, we're covering the brand new crossover film, Lupin III vs. Cat's Eye, a film which also comes 10 years after Lupin III vs. Detective Conan the movie, the last big Lupin crossover and follow-up to the 2009 TV special. It's a big occasion all around, which means we gotta go all out with the celebration. First off, for the first time in a full-length episode, we're joined by our dashing co-host in Switzerland, the silver-tongued devil himself, Guillaume Babé. Yes, it is I. This time <laughs> you will not escape me. <laughs> <laughs> we're stuck with him now, folks. <laughs> Terrifying. <Indeed>. Very, very. <laughs> As someone who's been, who's hung out with him personally, it's terrifying. That's all I can say. <laughs> And I'm she kidding, survived to tell the tale. Twice. <laughs> He's very dashing, though, I have to admit. Like, you guys on the podcast can't see him, but trust me, 
Very dashing. It's, Very dashing. Mustache. it's, it's the it. mustache. It's the mustache. <laughs> and uh, we are also joined by a very special guest joining us for the first time. And we're immensely happy to have him here, folks. You know him. You love him. The mastermind behind the number one stop for all the Lupin news, updates, and editorials you need. That's right. The man behind Lupin Central himself, Lee Sparks. Great to have wow. you here, Lee. Welcome. Thank Yay. you so much for inviting me, everybody. And thank you so much for helping put content on that website, all of you as well. We like, try. It wouldn't be like it is if it wasn't for you. So I really do appreciate it. And I can't believe how many episodes has it taken to ask me on. Was this 60 episodes? Too many. I can't believe it. <laughs> Bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Full disclosure, um, I say this as the one who still has sunlight out, and you know, being in California and all. Um, mm-hmm. Guillaume is in Switzerland and Lee is in Edinburgh. So it's like, for me, that's a um, nine, eight hour time difference, respectively, for mm-hmm. them. For our East Coast friends, let me do the math because I suck at math. <laughs> that's a six, seven hour time difference. Yep. No, I think. I don't know. I suck at math. <laughs> Space is warped and time is bendable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah guillaume is also correct we had to get good before we invited lee on because we have to <laughs> oh no you, you guys were, you've always been good i've really oh, enjoyed listening to the oh, podcast over the years you've been doing it and uh yeah it's an honor for you to invite me on here and it's an honor for you to let me put your podcast on the website as well you're now in oh, the thank sidebar you. Yeah, thank you thank you absolutely deserve to be um so yeah thank you so much for that well, also, thank you so much for the hard work that you do. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Lupin Central has been around for quite a while. And I will say as uh, a fan from like the mid 2000s, it was like a breath of fresh air when there were some webs. There was a couple websites popping up, but it was always Lupin Central that was like manicured and more, you know, more up to date, at least in the late 2000s, early 2010s that I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. That's just me being a bit OCD, to be honest with you, Natalie. <laughs> well, then, um, you know, like, that ability helps in that line of work. Yeah, yeah I think yes. so. I think exactly. But I mean, I remember when I started getting into the, the series. In fact, I actually saw the other day, I was going back through some old emails, and I found my sign-up email for the original um, Lupin the Third Forum. I think mm-hmm. it was. Yes. I can't remember the web address exactly. I know Reed Nelson set up that stuff a while ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I joined in 2010. And I remember uh, seeing your username, Natalie and Chris as well, yeah. and Guillaume, on that yep. forum when oh, I joined. God. So I'm in this call with some proper veterans. And uh, <laughs> yeah, feel quite humbled <laughs> to be yeah, part well, of that. See- Thank you for aging me because, like, I'm I'm going through sciatica right now. So it's like, thank you for reminding me how old I am. <laughs> I feel yeah, I can, older. I can, I can feel, you know, the arthritis going on. <laughs> well, it's I true. Feel all the bones cracking. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Ooh, ow. But it's Pop. true. With, I love. Yeah, with metal Sorry. in that period. No, please continue. I was gonna say I love doing it though. Like it, there are days where I'm absolutely cursing it and just like, why have I sort of given myself this thing to do? But I just can't stop. Like I've got to the point now where it's like I enjoy it so much. There are days where it's like, yeah, like I say I can't stand it, but then I've done it and I'm so happy afterwards. It's like I've got the news up on there. It looks pretty good, I think. And it's nice to interact with people like yourselves and like others on Twitter that mm. you know have reached out or mm-hmm. just talking about things within the fandom and I feel like it's a really nice community we've got um with mm-hmm. Lupin there's so many communities that are just absolute dog shit and it's just so like toxic <laughs> and just do not want to be part of them but this one in particular seems to be very pleasant so yeah happy with that indeed 
Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm grateful for it, honestly. <laughs> Same. And so before we get going, Lee, for every one of our guests, we just have one single question for you. How did you get into Lupin the Third? By a- accident, to be honest with you. I was at university, I think 2008. Again, now I'm feeling even older. Uh, <laughs> and I was studying studying game design there. And when we weren't in uni actually studying, doing lessons or doing coursework or whatever, we're either playing games or just watching random stuff. And um, a friend of mine was going through a few animes he liked and he loaded up uh, the first episode of Lupin Part 2. And it was the English yes. Yeah, I remember literally seeing the opening, seeing the part where he jumps out of his clothes toward the bed with Fujiko, my friend turning around and going, it's one of those animes. <laughs> I have no idea what he's on about. No idea. Uh, but yeah, we quite no enjoyed it. One of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was right, because uh, it's fantastic. I just decided to get to jump in at the deep end and be like, I'm just going to keep watching these and see how it goes. Again, just that kind of out of boredom. And then from there, I discovered there was an even older series, part one. Took one look at it and was like, oh, my God, this looks ancient. I can't believe it. Like, how old is this thing? Uh, But went back and watched it and thought it was fantastic. It remains my favorite um, out of all of them, I would say. Um, And, yeah, just kind of got deep into, like, I think The Last Job was coming out around then or it was just about to come out. So it must have been 2009, 2010. Um, Uh, 2011, I believe. Yes, yeah, because it was right. after the first crossover, which was the first thing I've more or less watched of Lupin the Third, which was around 2010. So it's in that mm-hmm. ballpark. Yeah. 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 That would make sense. That would line up to when I was at uni. So, yeah. But to be honest, it was stuff like the Fuma Conspiracy. And I, I would talk about that film for hours. Like if ever you guys do a Fuma episode... I would love to be on that 100%. Oh, you're coming. Oh, hell fact, yeah. I don't it, actually. Uh, yeah, Fuma really like impressed me. And I think I saw that before I saw Cagliostro, which might explain my love for that <laughs> over the likes of Cagliostro, and which is still incredible film. But yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of yeah, got... But you're right. Yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, I think so. We love uh, But yeah, just sort of dived in deep from there and yeah, just couldn't stop watching it. And now it's like 2023 20, and we're still watching it and talking about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's nuts. This um, is indeed nuts. Yeah. And, and on that regard, Drew, I'm sorry to interject, but because mm-hmm. um, this is Guillaume's first time like in a full episode with us. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever mentioned it when you when you started out and you would you would do your cameos, Guillaume, but why don't you, but this is relevant to what we're going to be talking about. So why don't you tell us how you got into Lupin? Oh, I I will try not to bore you to death. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, it's more or less by accident, like, uh, like Lee. Um, um, I'm a Detective Conan fan. I've been for many years um, since it came out in, um, on Cartoon Network um, around 2004 um with the french dub and i joined a forum uh in late 2009 which i am now the main um administrator so you know also an upgrade i guess uh and they were um promoting the first crossover with lupin and i thought hmm that rings a bell and then i looked it up oh yes it used to be called Edgar de la cambriole in french and um then i um roamed the internet you know back when it was still a kind of a wild landscape and uh, i was looking for um free um 
options to watch as much Lupin as I could before the crossover came out, so I would be up to speed. So I watched Mamo, Cagliostro, The Fuma Conspiracy, uh, Dragon of Doom, if I remember well, a few other TV specials, a few episodes of part one, two, and three, which were available, um, but sometimes not in full. And yeah, I I got hooked and I've kept um, drawing Lupin the Third during my most boring lessons in high school. And, <laughs> you know, I I realized that it was the kind of character and story that appealed to me, maybe more than Detective Conan. And in a way, I was kind of moving from one uh, obsession to another. And I still love Detective Conan. Again, I'm still managing the, um, the forum, but yeah, I guess um, that was my getaway drug. And among those first things I've watched, there was Green vs. Red too. So um, many aspects of Lupin that I've got um, onto my brain very early on. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Nice. Well, since we're on this topic, I want to point out that this month, I believe, marks 20 years that I discovered the series. Wow. Oh, man. I, wow. Believe, I believe the same for me, honestly. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Yeah, the first episode I ever saw was uh, I Left My Mind in San Francisco of uh, Part 2. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't care for it too much at the time, but I thought, you know, this has potential. I keep watching. But <laughs> I've told that story before. But yeah, yeah. just interesting timing here. Yeah, well, for me, it was um, the Brazil episode. So it was the second episode of Part 2. But yeah, it was 2002 that I got into it. And <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm surprised my parents didn't really care what I watched. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're like this me and them are the babies over here just kind of like we, we just got into it no <laughs> like I, yesterday i saw it like 2020 like 2003 but it was very oh, i'm the baby it's a Aww. very vague memory <laughs> i didn't really get into it until like 2017 2018 but i do want to say that guillaume was my actual like first friend in this fandom Oh, oh, yeah! That's that's mm. a twist for me. each other on Tumblr before anybody else, like that's anybody true. else. Possible, so. Yeah. Wow, yeah. You, you, you've unlocked a mysterious origin there. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Mind just one up. big happy family here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, thanks to thanks to Lupin, I've been able to travel and. You know, I mean, Guillaume's putting up a thumbs up because I traveled to meet him, <laughs> but also, you know, like I've <laughs> I've traveled to Florida. I've I've tr- um I also I also blame Lupin for the vein and curse in my life that is the fact that I'm studying history. Well, I got because of, of one of my bachelor's degrees, but also the fact that I'm working on a master's in history. It's like, God damn it, Lupin, why do you do this to me? <laughs> he stole your heart <laughs> and your money. He stole my yeah. heart and my money and my free time, essentially. Yes. Like, yes. God damn. Well, him and Carmen Sandiego, so I, I blame them. <laughs> this series caused some of the greatest decisions I've made and also some of the worst decisions <laughs> I've made. As well it should. As I mean, well it should. I don't think I don't think I've had one worse decision except um going to well, <laughs> sorry, Guillaume, going to Switzerland in the summer. <laughs> oh yes. During a heat wave. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sorry about that. We, we still had fun, but God damn, was it hot. <laughs> ah, yes, we, we were useless. <laughs> Two puddles of sweat. <laughs> it's funny because, in, in, of course, in the US, Lupin aired on Adult Swim, mm-hmm. and so many people seem to have been exposed to the show due to that. But here in the UK, 
there's been nothing really up until mm. this year, apart from, of course, the streaming sites. But ITV, like a channel over here, um, has picked up part six, Fujiko Mine, and part five mm. is airing it on their streaming service, all mislabeled with typos in every episode title, <laughs> uh, of course. So they've gone out of their way to completely awesome. screw that up. Um, oh, but no. at least it's there, right? Like we have yeah, something yeah. in the UK now. <laughs> oh, England. That's- that is so interesting. Baby steps. Baby it's like, steps. That, that's why I say to like a lot of like newbie anime fans, I'm like, man, you guys have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, unless you're finding YouTube videos of like episode one episode broken into three separate parts mm-hmm. where it's like four eighty P, don't talk to me. Yeah, don't like that, that aged me there too. <laughs> no, like that astounds me that the UK didn't get um a lot of lupon because it's like Mm. italy i think we all know this but like italy is one of the countries that uh, outside of japan that that is big on lupon france france got into it but then again with france it was a little like wishy-washy because of the uh marisa blanca state yeah um latino Mm. america got a lot of it um like it it just astounds me that the uk didn't get on the bandwagon until recently (laughs) No, I think anime in general in the UK is just a bit of a blind spot here, especially in the 2000s. That like we had stuff like um, CNX and Toonami or whatever here, um, where there was a show like Big O and Gundam Wing, Tenchi Moyo, a few different bits in both Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, of course. But they weren't very adventurous outside of like the five to ten that they used to have. So me finding Lupin was purely sort of luck, I guess, and accidental. Mm-hmm. And I think thanks to the internet, like if it wasn't for, you know, looking at things online and finding stuff, you know, through posts on social media and recommendations from friends, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. But mm-hmm. yeah, I will say about the uh, the French name, thanks to the, the Maurice LeBronc, LeBronc stuff, I think getting Edgar <laughs> over there is a kind of a blessing because that yeah. theme song is just chef's kiss. Edgar, Edgar, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> Wow, what a banger. I love it so much. Edgar, no, agreed. Oh, it's perfect. Music to my ears, Guillaume. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's my favourite thing to mention to people. There was somebody on Twitter literally early today going, where, where was he called Edgar? And it's France. And it's like, as soon as there's an opportunity to, to put that theme song yeah, in, that's <laughs> that blows their mind. You know what I mean? They hear it and they're like, oh my God, this is incredible. That's literally me with the Latino Spanish dub because in Latino America they call him um, Aramis Lupin, but that part one theme song is such a banger because it literally translates to the life of Lupin is a mystery. Um, every t- but it's but there's a bit of danger, um, women, robbers, guns, bandits. Like literally, that's literally what it translates to. It makes more sense than Planet O. Yes, it does. Planet O oh, is I mean, don't get me wrong. That song is awesome. I mm-hmm. love it. But man, it does not fit. <laughs> nah, true. <laughs> Was true. it not made for something completely different other than Lupin and just sort of put to the anime, though? I think I remember Wouldn't reading surprise me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very unusual one. But anyway. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> exactly. So. All right, before we dive into Lupin's latest crossover, let's go over a brief history of Cat's Eye. First published in Weekly Shonen Jump from September 14th, 1981 to January 22nd, 1985, Cat's Eye was written by Tsukasa Hojo, whose other works include City Hunter and Angel Heart. A trio of sisters, Hitomi, Rui, and Ai Kasugi, run a cafe named Cat's Eye by day 
and Moonlight as masterful art thieves under the same moniker by night. The series follows the Kasugi sisters as they reclaim pieces of art that once belonged to their father, Michael Hines, a revered painter and art collector, in hopes of discovering more about his sudden disappearance. On their tail at all times is Toshio Utsumi, a bumbling but determined police detective who vows to capture the cat's eye, and who also just happens to be Hitomi's romantic partner. The manga was adapted into a television anime that ran for two seasons from July 11th, 1983 to July 8th, 1985 for a grand total of 73 episodes. That was it for the Cat's Eye Gang in anime form for a whopping 34 years until the 2019 film City Hunter Shinjuku Private Eyes, where the girls made a special brief appearance. Now, in 2023, the year of the manga's 40th anniversary, the Kasugi sisters get their first big film, a crossover with none other than Lupin the Third himself, in Lupin the Third vs. Cat's Eye. So the synopsis for the film, according to Amazon Prime Video, is <clears throat> Hitomi, Rui, and I are sisters and cat burglars. They steal a painting from a museum around the same time Lupin the Third appears to steal another painting himself. Both paintings are part of Michael Hines' series titled The Girl in the Flowers. To the girls, the paintings are clues for their missing father's whereabouts. When they learn Lupin is after the same target, a fire lights inside them. That is an interesting synopsis. <laughs> like, fire. That won't be mean, but that sounds like it's written by an AI. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Don't even think about that. <laughs> That's a scary thought. <laughs> the whole film was written by an AI. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a point yeah. to be made there. Yeah. And so, the film is directed by Hiroyuki Sashita and Kobun Shizuno, who together have previously directed the 3D CG Godzilla Netflix trilogy and Knights of Sidonia. The screenplay is written by Shuji Kuzuhara, whose only other anime credits include the film Ega Soreke Anpanmen Dororin to Bekaru Carnival, and 34 episodes of the series Pazudora. The character designs are by Haruhisa Nakata and Junko Yamanaka. Uh, Nakata previously did character designs for Fairy Gone and is the creator of the manga Levius. Yamanaka has an extensive career in character design, key animation, animation direction, and more on titles such as numerous Detective Conan films, numerous Anpan Man films, Ham Taro, Dr. Stone, Kenichi the Mightiest Disciple, Angel Heart, and various Lupin entries such as the Detective Conan crossover special, The Woman Called Fujiko Mine, Princess of the Breeze, and Part 6. Boy, we had a... there's one good title in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. The uh, music is by Yuji Ono, using a selection of reused tracks from Parts 4, 5, and 6, and Lupin the Third the First, Kazuo Otani, and Fox Capture Clan. And now we'll go over a brief overview of both the English and Japanese casts. I'll name uh, the, the the film was dubbed into numerous language, languages, but we'll just mention these right now. And I'll mention the uh, the Japanese and English actor in respective order. So we have Lupin the Third, Kanichi Kirita and Tony Oliver, Jigen, Akio Otsuka and Richard Epcar, Fujiko, Miyuki Sawashiro and Michelle Ruff, Goemon, Daisuke Namikawa and Lex Lang. Zinigata, Koichi Yamadera, and Doug Erholtz. And now for the Cat's Eye Gang, we have Hitomi, voiced by Keiko Toda and Allison Packard, Rui, 
voiced by Rika Fukami, who is stepping into the role following the passing of her original voice actor, Toshiko Fujita, and Christina V. Ai is voiced by Chika Sakamoto and Denine Melody. Toshio Utsumi is voiced by Yoshito Yasuhara, and this is a fun little tidbit. He is the original voice actor of Toshio from the TV series, and we've also recently heard him as Grandpa Arsene Lupin I in Lupin Zero, which is very entertaining to hear a different, very different performance here. Um, uh, his English actor is Ryan Colt Levy. Uh, Dennis Kirkman is voiced by Hiroki Toichi and Keith Silverstein, who Silverstein voices Lupin in the Lupin the Thirdard Koike films. <laughs> and we have Heinrich Berger, who in Japanese is voiced both by Banjo Ginga as Heinrich's fake voice and Takayuki Sugo, his real voice, and uh, Banjo Ginga providing Berger's fake voice and Michael Hines' voice. You will, you may know him as uh, the one-time Jigen in the Fuma Conspiracy Japanese dub, which is also kind of fun to have him here right after having uh, Toshio Furukawa in Lupin Zero. We got some, some Fuma love going on this year, yes. and I'm here for it. Ooh, Fuma's back, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, Berger's English voice is Tom Choi. And so, as with every review, we'll go through a roundtable of our reactions and thoughts, and obviously special guests. Uh, Lee, how do you feel about Lupin the Third versus Cat's Eye? Well, I'm glad you've asked, Drew, because after Lupin Zero, I feel we really needed a return to form. <laughs> Lupin Zero was just too good. We needed the warm embrace of mediocrity. We needed something we could complain about, something that wasn't perfect in every way. Finally, we've got it with Lupin the Third versus Cat. No, I'm kidding. That's a load of rubbish. Uh, <laughs> the film, in my opinion, is absolutely fine. Um, I wasn't expecting much from it, to be completely honest with you all. Mm. I've not been big into Cat's Eye. I watched the first episode, the opening, and read the synopsis on Wikipedia. I think I've just learned more about it with Drew talking there than I have in my own time, to be honest with you. Um, but my partner is a big fan of it, and she watched it in Germany growing up. So I sat down and watched the film with her, and I kind of got her opinion and gave my opinion. She can take or leave Lupin. I think she's pretty sick of it after living with me for like six <laughs> or seven years now. I think she's done. She's like brave. anything Lupin, it's like, yeah, not interested. Uh, but she gave Aww. this one a go. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, she's not too bad. But um, it, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's not too bad. She's going to hear, she's gonna she hear will. this. She's in the other room. Yeah, she puts up with it the best she can. Um, yeah, so I thought that the animation, and I'm sure we're going to discuss this in more detail later. It's the first thing that jumped mm -hmm. out to me. I didn't hate it. I've got to say, I felt like it looked better when still than it did in movement when it was sort of, you know, characters jumping around and shouting. I think it lacked a bit of expression, but overall it did the job. And I think it was nice to see the pink jacket back. In my opinion, it would have been even nicer to see something a little bit more elasticated, a bit wackier, mm. like the Pink Jacket show was. It mm -hmm. would have been great to hear some of that Pink Jacket music back as well. Obviously, we don't know what the situation is with Eugiono, so, you mm -hmm. know, I'll take what I can get from him. And, uh, you know, it is nice to hear his his tunes back again after Lupin Zero, which is still fantastic, but it sort of felt like returning home. But the film itself, 
I did sort of find it a little bit mediocre. I think for Cat's Eye fans, it's great. Like, there's a lot of fan service towards the original story. There's a glimpse at the cat's mother and father, which is excellent. Um, and also, it's just nice to see the actors back in the spotlight again and the, the crew in their original designs and things like that. But like with Detective Conan, I felt that Lupin and the gang kind of took a step backwards to let the supporting cast take the main stage. And that's okay, in my opinion, in this instance, because it has been so long since a cat's eye thing, like you mentioned, Drew. So having them support them in this sort of new adventure, I think, worked fine. And I've got to say, though, I was not a fan of Dennis the Menace. Uh, whatever his name is, the villain. Um, uh, as soon as he, he's literally in the first shot of the film, I think, on the boat. And as soon as I saw him, I couldn't help but think, oh, God, I can see where this is going to go. And then, what is it? Heinrich Berger appears, and it's like, oh, Mr. God, I'm not going. Yeah, it's not going to be another case of. Yeah, it's all Nazis. It's yes, not I, brilliant. I went the Helsing Ultimate um, abridged route, but yeah, Nazis. Yeah. Here we go again. After Lupin the Third, the first, I'm a little bit like, okay, I know a lot of old animes use Nazis as villains. I know Lupin did that. I think there was some connection with Cat's Eye already established with the original. Uh, there is, yes. Indeed. Yeah. It's, so it's the reason why um, the dad, because the dad is not Japanese, the father comes from Germany, obviously in the mm-hmm. name. But yeah, he escapes Nazi Germany and settles in of all places, settles in Japan. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Historically speaking. Oh, I, I, I'll shut up now. <laughs> no, it's great. To, it's great to know that stuff, like Natalie, and it's good that you can shed some light on historical aspects of it. It's quite interesting. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, that that's okay. Like in my in my opinion, it, it, it's excused for those reasons. But I mean, I think the last thing I sat down with my partner and watched Lupin Wise was probably Lupin the Third the first and that also had the same nazi kind of twist at the end so she was very heavily eye rolling by that point (laughs) uh but yeah as a film i I don't hate it i think it was okay i just hope that we do get something more pink jacket in the future because it was great to see it return and i just love to see something you know it can be 3d animated but a little bit more personality something a little Mm -hmm. bit nicer to watch more fun um, because although the story was okay, I just think it lacked a little bit of a bit of that um, personally. So, mm-hmm. right. So, Guillaume, how are you feeling about this this new big crossover? Oh, lots of feelings, you know, as usual. You know, I have my heart on my sleeve. No, um, <laughs> more seriously, uh, that's not completely a joke because I was surprised by the amount of heart that this. Mm. Um, uh, special had I, I don't know how to call it if it's a movie if it's a film if it's a special well we call it the crossover there's actual heart you know in the um the cat's eye side of thing and how uh, lupin uh, becomes a mentor figure which makes sense he is the uh, the oldest thief he is more or less an inspiration uh for Tsukasa hojo for both of his um most important works um so it it made sense like I think all of us, I deplore the animation. Uh, there were moments they weren't too bad. Uh, some some action scenes were actually quite impressive, you know. Um, especially I've I've told about this uh, with Drew um, um, again, but um, the car chase scenes, for example, were better animated than in Part Six, even though both feature 3D cars. <laughs> 
and um, the use of uh, camera angles was actually quite inspired, almost, um, you know, a movie-like. The story was indeed a serviceable, very Lupin the Third, the first, um, you know, adjacent. Yeah, it, it's frustrating, you know. If the execution was um, was a bit better, it would have made a bigger impression. Mm. But yeah, I didn't hate it. I had a good time, and it was nice to see the whole cast again. But yeah, a very frustrating watch at the same time because it mm. it, it was on the verge of looking good. So close. So close. Yet so far. Yet so far away. So far away. No, sorry. But I, I probably have more articulate opinions um, afterwards, but please, please give them, give, give you occasion for someone else to say something. <laughs> Got to gather those, gather, gather those thoughts. This, this does inspire feelings. Yes. So, Natalie, what feelings does this inspire in you? Um... Well, let me just start off by using my analogy. Um, you guys know I love musicals and I have a scale when it comes to um, judging my musicals. It's like very rarely do I get a musical where I, I enjoy both the music and the songs. There's times where I love a musical story, but I hate the songs. Mm. And then I love a musical's uh, music, but I hate the story. Um, <laughs> Lupin versus Cat's Eye is basically for Lupin. Um, Cause I will talk about the cat's eye aspect after, but for Lupin, for me, it's literally the wicked <laughs> of Lupin stuff for me because the animation is God awful, but the story is amazing. But I also, I also have to confess the reason why I enjoy the story is because I do like cat's eye as a kid. Cat's eye was one of the first uh, mangas I read along with um, Fushigi Yugi. So two, Mangas that were very uh, girl, women-centric um, are very near and dear to my heart. So I honestly don't see this as a, as a Lupin thing, even though Lupin is in there. I see it more as a Cat's Eye thing, which is astounding because it hasn't, we haven't, you know, within Cat's Eye, there hasn't been anything new or recent in the past uh, 10, 15 years, I believe. I mean, it kind of fell off the bandwagon there. But um, I enjoyed it more as a Cat's Eye um content than I did as a Lupin. I did enjoy um, the Lupin aspects of it, though, and I did like how they were able to fit Lupin into the main story of Cat's Eye, because that's one of the things I kind of um, had conflictions with when I heard the crossover, because it's like Cat's Eye has a main through line story, and that is the girls trying to find out what happened to their father. So I, I thought, is it going to be something separate from Lupin, from, from the main story and tie it into Lupin? But when I saw that they kind of they cross it over to fit the main through line story of Cat's Eye, I was like, okay, okay, I will give you props for that. Like that is good writing right there. Mm. Um, I did like the moments of like um, kind of like the the episode of part two where they're in France and the French cops mess up uh, Zenigata's name, Zenigata messing up um, Otsumi's name. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was fun. It's like Zenigata had it happen to him. Now it's happening to, <laughs> to somebody else. Um, but also, um, I think the other thing for me in terms of Lupin versus Cat's Eye is very much, um, yeah, Nazis again. But, uh, you know, I I'm kind of, I guess I'm jaded or unfazed at this point with using Nazis um, as villains in anything. Like, I'm also, I'm, me also being a big Indiana Jones fan. Cause like, 
you know, if there's one thing Nazis gave literary writers, well, just literary people or just stories in general, one of the greatest villains on earth, the end. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but also by the, by, by the end of it, I think my final thoughts, so I can let somebody else talk, is um, I'm just glad that this brought back Cat's Eye into, into um, you know, like the main consciousness of people. Because I felt like uh, it's kind of it's kind of like how I felt with Lupin after the 2010s. Like, is anything going to come back out? And it's like, oh, we get stuff like Women Call Fujiko Mine. But also my main, main final thought is that they did a better job crossing over two entities then. And I'm sorry, Guillaume, the Lupin versus Detective Conan stuff, because I love Lupin versus Detective Conan. I'm a Detective Conan fan as well. But I felt like um, one of my biggest gripes with it was trying to incorporate so many characters into one story. Uh And also, of course, the animation styles, which again, you know, the CGI kind of like, I guess saved that effect, but also uh, I will say this in terms of the CGI. And this is only because my roommate Robbie said this, the CG, no, really. Cause I watched it with both of my roommates. Mm-hmm. The CGI made things like, yes, the cars and according to Robbie explosions better. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Robbie was literally mm. like, Oh, that explosion looked nice. I'm like, Oh Lord. Well, that's an <laughs> opinion. That is an opinion. Yeah, that's an opinion. And I'm like, Robbie, really? <laughs> he's entitled to it. Yeah, he's entitled to his wrong opinion. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. But <laughs> good, thing, good thing he's not home right now. Otherwise, my ass would be whooped. <laughs> okay, so I'm done. <laughs> Alrighty, so, Emma, how do you feel about this glorious return of Cat's Eye and also uh, Lupin? I have a lot. <laughs> have a lot more to say uh than my other counterparts but uh, i just like probably because i just write peanut gallery comments whenever i'm just like writing my notes um so when i first watched cat's eye like i was like hey you know this would be a really cool concept to cross over with lupon and i felt like that was kind of the monkey's paw curling a little bit uh, like, so when this was announced, I was like, oh, awesome. And then I, we saw the trailer and I was like, mm. oh my God. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, I felt so scared. I was like, oh God, what, what have they done? <laughs> and I watched it and I liked it better than I thought that I was going to. Because uh, nice. I thought I was just going to fucking hate it, honestly. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, God, that looks so bad. But then, like, when I was reading more up on it, too, like, going into it, uh, reading that that they got the original uh, Japanese voice actor, Sans Rui, uh, for unfortunate reasons, that was really cool for me, especially considering that we haven't had... Uh, new cat's eye stuff in decades um and that also because of that fact and the fact that we get more cat's eye it it gets more people into the series which i'm like oh that's Mm. exciting because i I wouldn't say it's necessarily a groundbreaking series by any means but it's a lot of fun uh the characters are really cool um and again if you're a lupon fan you 
almost guaranteed to like this because there's so many aspects of it that are similar. Mm. I mean, the whole cat and mouse Hitomi Toshi thing is like almost a direct rip. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, that's se- that's sweet, sweet sexual tension. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree. Uh, Yami is the word frustrating. And that's really how I feel because there's so much about this that I like actually really enjoyed. The voice acting was on point, um, which I'll talk about more in depth later. The story on second watch, I didn't like as much. I thought it was a little weaker, but the first time watching it, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. Uh, The character chemistry was phenomenal. Um, If this had been animated by a different studio... I think it would have been mid to top tier. The animation cripples it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the clothing folds are horrid. Oh. Are- shoulders. That's precise, but terribly true. It's, sh- it's yeah. same, sorry, it same was- around the ass. Same around the ass. The, the water, terrible. The arms looks like legs. What were they thinking? Um, <laughs> what were they thinking? Emma, if I may briefly interject, everyone's arms, if they were wearing a suit jacket, looked like, I don't know if most people will get this reference, but the Michelin tire man. <gasps> yes. yes. Oh, yes, yeah, vaguely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, <laughs> so if that had been better, it would have been so much. I would have been like, oh, this is Great. So I'm watching this the whole time, just like, I really like these aspects. The train scene would have really done like really well, would have been really fun mm-hmm. if the train itself didn't look like ass. <laughs> I was excited to hear your opinions on the train, Emma, because I was watching it and thinking, <laughs> Emma's going to be so ecstatic to see there's a train in this film. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I love trains. <laughs> the, the trains in Matsumoto series like Space Symphony Maytel look better from the mid, early to mid 2000s than they do in the special in 2023. Ooh, that's saying something. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, yay, a train. And I'm like, God, it looks like ass. <laughs> it's more than frustration. It's like edging at some point, you know, because yes. you get something good. But at the same time, it's. <laughs> Natalie, shut the hell up! <laughs> it's like it's like so. I know. I'm like, oh my god, I can't. Yes, because there's so much about this that I like. And I'm writing these notes, and I, 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 that being said, I do like this crossover better than the Conan one. Um, which I apologize to all my fellow Conan fans. As a Conan fan, I am not offended. Me so. neither, you know. That's what I wanted <laughs> to say. I agree with both Natalie and Emma. The, um, Detective <laughs> Conan crossovers, um, the two series have such different rules, you know, different yes. worlds uh, on top of the different character designs that you have to, in a way, kind of destroy the credibility of either one of the um, franchises to make it work together, mm. which is not the case with Cat's Eye because it's already right. so Lupin-like. You know, you can really make it fun and organic with Cat's Eye, which you can't with Detective Conan. So I completely agree. Right. Well, we'll, and- we'll see the mistake was they shouldn't have crossed it over with Conan. They should have just crossed it over with uh, Magic Kato, oh, in yeah. my opinion. 
but I, I honestly do think too that Conan special is just a snooze fest. Um, this one's <laughs> actually exciting. Yeah, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I agree. Sorry, I'm I, I miss. I heard the special mention. I fell asleep immediately. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm glad that they kept like the same, even though it was the CG. And like uh, Lee said, it looked really good when it was still. Um, I liked a lot of like the designs that they used when it was still um, and not looking at the sleeves a whole lot. Um, <laughs> Lupin gets the shit beaten out of him. I love that. Um, oh, we all do. <laughs> wow. I love you that. Monsters. Utter- I, I, yeah, like how how my boy like hot and bloody. I, I do have a gripe <laughs> because I know uh, Lee had mentioned that. Um, the Lupin gang kind of takes a backseat to Cat's Eye, which is fine. I think it works here. The main gripe that I have, and this is just me being a fan of Cat's Eye, Hitomi is basically Cat's Eye. Agreed. Like, mm-hmm. Very much agreed. the whole agreed. relationship with her and Toshi are like mm. the central point of the series. But she kind of plays the second fiddle to I. Which that's fine, but it also is like the whole like Kaliosha thing. Of course, it's I, the youngest, to bond with Lupin. to bond with Lupin. Yeah, that kind of irked me too. I and remember like, Kaliostro. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hashtag I remember. Lupin like, you not remember Kaliostro? Yeah. <laughs> not flirting with the sisters immediately is a miss. N- missed opportunity. A yes. Miss. Missed opportunity. Huh. It's the first I was like the fact that he didn't hit on like he told me earlier is weird. It's weird to me. That's the um, only series you can say that. Honestly, it, that's the only series you can say that about the main character. It's weird he didn't hit on them. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is true. Because I didn't realize it. I thought it was interesting for the, for, for Lupin to um, act respectfully because more or less they are, um, you know, uh, his old friend's uh, daughters. But yeah. I, I, at the same time, I understand it's a bit out of character. And again, it's very Cagliostro-like. Well, well, yeah, it's the, it's the respectful part of it. I think, you know, Guillaume, you hit the nail on the head where I, I do think the reason why he didn't is more out of respect for the fact that he knew their father. So mm-hmm. it's very much like, yeah, I, I knew your dad personally. Like, I am crossing that boundary, which, yeah, fits to the Lupin Cagliostro mold, but... But not to the Lupin Lupin mold. No, agreed. <laughs> which is agree. why we never put which is why we didn't oh, put Cagliostro in the starters kit. And I said, and I said so myself that... Mm-hmm. Trying to introduce people to Lupin via Cagliostro, you're not getting the actual Lupin. You're yeah. getting a, um, what do you call it, watered-down version of Lupin, I guess? To a yeah. point. Yeah. To a point. I, I love to, I, I mentioned it earlier, the voice acting is just so good. It adds so much to this. The voice acting and the character chemistry truly saves this. Mm-hmm. Um. There are some, like, I probably actually prefer the sub over the dumb, but the dumb is still very good. I like the cast that they chose for the Cat's Eye cast, mm. especially the girls' English voices. Um, I probably prefer it, well, first of all, I like how Tony's voice sounds almost a complete octave lower when he's injured. I'm fine, you can go. I can't leave with your eyes like that. This is from the impact, it's just temporary. So why? Huh? Why did you help me? 
<laughs> Can't have a kid like you dying in front of me. Uh, that was a nice um, goat moment. <laughs> the goat. Um, but also, I said I probably prefer the sub solely, solely for one line, line delivery. It's uh, Kanishi Kurita's delivery when he says that he's going to put him in the ground. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes, good scene. Oh, my spine was I had incredible. chills. I was like, yes, we need more of this. We need more of Oh my god, these guys are terrifying. They're actually criminals. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um which was another frustrating moment because you have the overly respectful Lupin, but then you also have the terrifying criminal and it's just like there's so much about it that i like and there's so much about it that frustrates me yeah that's beautiful so, emma oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you i have a lot of feelings about this because i care so much i also like obviously about lupon but i care so mm -hmm. much about cat's eye um like there's so much about this that i'm glad that it's going to hopefully bring people's interest in the cat's eye, but I just wish that it had been executed a bit differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are my overall thoughts on it. Thank you for letting me yell about it. Oh, hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Wait, that was what yelling? Were they thinking? <laughs> this wouldn't be, uh, you know, sideburns and cigarette episodes without your yelling, you know. <laughs> yelling and mention of trains. <laughs> Choo-choo. I like trains. Choo -choo. Yeah. We haven't mentioned Poon yet, though. Poon's got to come up at some point. It's I guess I'm just going to do it. There it is. It's coming. It's coming. It's Did coming. Did I mention his purple thin mustache? Sorry. <laughs> Alrighty, so, Chris. Yes, dear. How do you feel about Lupin the Third versus Cat's Eye? Okay, so something I feel like is important to uh, establish is that I watched about half of it through uh, nefarious means. Before I remembered that my mother has an Amazon Prime account. Yeah, so it'd, be, it'd up, be like that, though. Yeah, so she and I watched it together. And I think by the end of it, she was now a fan of Cat's Eye, which I thought was kind of cool. Yes! You Hell go. Yeah. Jo one of us. One, one of, of us. us. One of us. <laughs> yeah, as for the uh, special self, I'm, you guys have already harped on the uh, animation. And I will do so as well. <laughs> I have seen 15-year-old video games that look better than this. I mean, like, the Lupin the Third games for PS2 look better than the special game. Sorcerer's Treasure? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it's... Oh, God, it's awful. Mm. Although the the cat size ladies, they are very pretty in this. I, I'll give them that. Especially Rui, but... Um, also, I feel like uh, mentioning uh, the train as well, because of all the stuff I've seen happen to our lovable arsonist, I've seen him be uh, stabbed, shot, blown up, electrified. I've never seen him be hit by an entire train before. <laughs> yeah. That is a first. <laughs> right? And, you know, and I, I kind of like that. I was not expecting that. <laughs> So 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 where do I hit this on my on my Lupin the third bingo of Lupin gets injured? <laughs> I think it takes all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just cover the entire box in. Doesn't hit on the girls, but the train hits him. 
Uh, all this training paid off, but <laughs> keep, keep it up, boys. Keep it up. I mean, my, I'm sorry for okay. my train of thoughts here, but oh, it's off the rails. Hey, I was just going to say, I don't mean to derail the conversation here, but <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, I jumped have, on the bandwagon. Uh... <laughs> we could keep this going, Emma. We could keep this going. You know, for her sake, I don't want to. Yeah, we, we need Aww. one to conduct ourselves better. Oh, nice! Hey, <laughs> hey, not to, not to toot my own horn, but I I refrained from <laughs> contributing to these puns. The audience can't see, but Emma just has had enough at this point. <laughs> She's done. Great time. I want a train to hit me. Oh. <laughs> well, you already look like. Well, earlier you looked like a train did hit you. So, <laughs> uh, phrasing. <laughs> right. So. I know you guys have noticed this as well, but the visuals of this reminded me a lot of the TV show Archer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, same. I mean, that's a great show, but not because of its look. No, you're right. you know, it's this thing is ugly, is what I'm saying. So with that out of the way, <laughs> um, something I I really appreciated with that, due to uh, you know, Cat's Eye being set in the '80s or being set in contemporary times when it was released. You know, they brought back the uh, the Part 3 jacket, and they actually had it set in the 80s, which I thought was a nice touch. I'm always out for Lupin III being a period piece. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like they may have had, uh, maybe been second-guessing themselves to go with the pink jacket, because, mm. you know, from the last act of it, he was like half Part 3, half Part 2 with that jacket being covered in blood. <laughs> 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 and, um, but like, I... You know, just like you guys, I like this uh, better than the uh, Detective Conan crossovers. Even though I'm not as familiar with Cat's Eye as I am with that. And I think what helps is that there was no real, you know, OC type character to take the focus away. Mm-hmm. The characters of Lupin III and the characters of Cat's Eye were the protagonists for this. Mm-hmm. You, know, the, you know, the Cat's Eye, you know, side may have got a bit more focus, but, you know, at least there was actually interaction between both sides. Which you can't say, you know, happens all that much in the uh, Conan crossovers. So I really appreciated that. I couldn't help but roll my eyes a little bit, though, when uh, Lupin and I team up. And, Mm. you know, she kind of becomes... It's like, I is not Clarice, but she'll do in a pinch, I guess. (laughs) That's how I do it. She's got the same frickin' hair. I remember Kelly. Yeah. I remember that. I remember Cagliostro reference. Anyway, so yeah, that kind of irked me. Also, um, I was I was very impressed though with the restraint by not putting Lupin in the green jacket in, in the flashback, because in the dub he said he describes himself as being green, and mm-hmm. because I know they're doing the whole Cagliostro thing with, uh, you know, with I as Cl- as the Clarice stand-in. So the fact that he was still wearing his pink jacket in the flashback, I was like, yeah, bravo, you guys didn't. Do the obvious thing. Although, I can tell you wanted to. Um, <laughs> I wanted to see him with the big pompadour, whatever it was from part yeah. two. When it flashed oh, back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always oh, disappointed. Nice. <laughs> yeah, like, whenever they do flashbacks, I want him to look like that. He looks look different mm-hmm. some way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was yeah. kind of a running gag in part two, right? Every time we saw a flashback, Lupin had a completely different style. With different hairstyle, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Imagine yeah, him having that. a mullet this time. <laughs> 
Ooh. Well, that would have worked. Oh, dear. I the third. You won't do it, goddamn cowards. No, fuck, fuck the mullet. I want, like, I want like Gene Simmons kiss style A's oh, hair. Yes. Like, give me oh, that Lord. shit. <laughs> yeah, Emma, Emma knows. Emma knows what's up. <laughs> All right, look, let's take some time to mull it over. But anyway. Oh, you're speaking ass. That was hair raising right there. <laughs> oh, Jesus, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to cut short. Ah. I was just about to say that. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my middle name. Uh, damn you. Ah. Uh, it's true. But yeah, like I do like how uh you know like both sides were kind of like evenly split up and uh Zenigato with uh Toshio I thought was just fantastic. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so nice seeing uh well I mean like it's I know they've been kind of like a movement to present Zenigata with more uh dignity in the anime for the most part. And uh I like I like seeing that continue here. Uh I mean, admittedly I did like Lupin's interactions with I Admittedly, Goemon and Jigen don't get a whole lot to do. Mm. And Fujiko feels kind of like an afterthought, but it didn't bother me too much. Again, you know, we did go to the Nazi well yet again, but, you know, that's kind of baked in the cat's eye, so that didn't disturb me too much. So, yeah, overall, it's like, I hated the way it looked, but I liked it overall. You know, uh, I got some laughs. There's some okay action set pieces. I like the character interactions. Something I feel I have to mention this because it's me. I watched the uh, English dub, and Amazon had the option for closed captioning for the English dub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It freaking blew my mind, man. <laughs> yep. Watching a Lupin the Third English dub that was actually accessible for people with hard of hearing. What a concept! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You hear that discotheque? So, listen. Justin, Brady, what the fuck? Listen good. Yeah. It did not have it. As someone who, and, and and again, I wasn't overachieving. It's just, I was listening to it in the background while I was doing work. Someone who listened to it in French, German, Italian, Latino, Spanish. They, um, I would, you know, flip my phone over to double check. They did not have closed captioning for those ones. It's like, I would like to read these languages, even if I can't see them. <laughs> But no. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, do you hear the discotheque? Because I can't. That's the problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was well said. Thank you. Very thank you. That's some, that's some uh, good word in there. But I mean, you know, overall, like I said, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I did think the last act, you know, felt overly familiar. Not necessarily in a good way. It's like, you know, I've seen this before. It, oh, it just became definitely. a... Uh, a standard TV special. You know, as soon as I start talking about the ritual and all this, I'm just like, yeah, I know where this is going. And it just happened to take place in a, a late game level of doom. <laughs> the because, French catacombs. Yeah. 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 That was always a, a tough one to beat, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have too much to say about it. It's like, I liked it overall. There were some things that bothered me. Some things I was kind of indifferent to, but I mean, I think my mother enjoyed it more than I did. Because she said that if it hits on video, she wants a copy. Nice. That's a win. I showed her the first episode of Cat's Eye, and she really dug it, too. So, hey. Good. Again, Chris's mom. One of us. One, one of, of us. Goo-boo gabba. Goo-boo gabba. All righty. So I guess that leaves me. 
Oh yeah, and, that's true. Oh yeah, I'm here. Hey, um, <laughs> but um, uh, you're such a good listener. We forgot sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to uh, actually kind of mirror uh, Emma's story at first because I found out this was happening just by opening Twitter and seeing the poster for it. His TMS posted it, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like Lupin versus Cat's Eye. And then the teaser followed very shortly after. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Lupin versus Cat's Eye. And then when the crew was listed and I saw that the directors were the two people behind the Netflix Godzilla trilogy, which I watched one film of and that's plenty. I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> Lupin the third versus Cat's Eye. And I have been filled with mortal existential dread from that moment forward. The subsequent trailer. And most recent, like the most recent month, I know I've been talking to Emma about this. I've been trying to be as positive as possible, going in with as little expectations, just hoping for the best, hoping the story carries it. And upon watching it, I can say that it is very, extremely okay. Frustrating has been a word thrown around this evening, and I'm also going to piggyback on that word because... I wasn't expecting much of it on first watch when it was low expectations. And I was actually very surprised on initial watch that I was not angry when it ended. Cause that's what I was worried was going to happen. And like, I'll say first, I know one thing that immediately stuck out to me is I appreciated the pacing of it because, and we've talked about it before a lot of 90 minute Lupin things really don't need to be 90 minutes. They could be about 75 to 80 and be perfectly fine. Honestly, the runtime like never stuck out to me. I, I kind of like the light pace of it because like, you know, it goes from set piece to set piece. When it slows down, it's kind of meaningful. I actually kind of like there was never a moment where I where I looked at my phone or was wondering, you know, all right, wrap it up. Let's, let's, let's get going. Given like they haven't had a solo outing since 1985, I actually am very like I was, I was very surprised at how much this is the Cat's Eye Gang story which I was very much on board for um, given it's their 40th anniversary. It's pretty, pretty This honestly should, should just be called, you know, cat's eye versus Lupin the third or, you know, cat's eye and also Lupin. I, 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 this, even though I am happy, the cat's eye gang have like they're the centerpiece of it. It's still like a bog standard Lupin special. And kind of like not even that great of a cat size story. It's very, it, it's okay. It's passable. It's average. I wasn't upset, but also wasn't particularly like, you know, thrilled or engaged in it. But the one thing I did like about it, I know um, a few of us had mentioned this. I know Chris specifically just brought it up. I, I, I did like the cat side gang being the main characters and the Lupin the third gang being the supporting cast it's kind of like what if you had a bog standard lupon special but you have it from the perspective of the you know the one-off support supporting girl but instead of being you know white bread clarice ass knockoff number 84 it's the cat's eye gang which immediately makes them more compelling to watch so like i i i kind of like that aspect of it and i really like lupon's first brush with them even though he doesn't flirt with them, which when Emma brought that up, that did actually frustrate me also. Cause I'm like, why didn't he, <sighs> but I, I do like this threatening aura. He has 
And the bit, I think there's a moment where like he narrowly avoids Hitomi's card and Hitomi narrowly avoids his bullet. And you realize just how skilled both of them are in that moment, which I really liked. And I wish it would have leaned into that a little more because it feels like that dissipates very quickly. And then he's suddenly just protecting them on the train and he gets hit by the train and all this stuff. I'm, I'm glad you called him Dennis the Menace because Dennis the Menace <laughs> and Mr. Berger yeah. really didn't need to be in this at all mm-hmm. because like they're, um, uh, they're pretty much Lambert and Gerard from Lupin the Third, but just as average. Yeah. And like, there's an attempt to make them have more connection and I'll give them that they like tried that, but it's still eh, to me. But what honestly, before I get to my Lupin point, I do kind of like this is the one positive I'll say about them. I like that they set up the third act reveal because um, uh, Berger mentions like, you know, prepare the ritual. And I like Lupin TV specials to just get gonzo in the endings. I set up like the what? What are we doing? <laughs> but I kind of like the fact that the ritual isn't much of anything. Cat's Eye, I think Cat's Eye is like in the same universe as City Hunter. And those universes, like, they are stylish, but they have a bit more of a grounded, like, grit to them. Like, in City Hunter, like, people get shot and they bleed. And it's, like, rough. And th- there's, there's like, actual real-world consequences to it. And I like that this special filters a Lupin story through that. Like Lupin falls off a train and gets blinded, which is like, like there's actual consequences to like the kind of cartoony action. And I like that this whole ritual with the stones are like glowing. Really all that is, is just a, uh, it's not like a wild supernatural element. It's just purely symbolic for burger. Like this, like lifelong, like struggle of being like an underling, the previous guy, like not using it properly. It's more like a symbolic theme for him. And they mentioned that there's this curse with the stones that like everyone who loses a curse meets a nasty end. And that happens, but it's solely a consequence of like his misdeeds coming back to haunt him, which is like, I don't know. I I, I, I do like the aspect of like a, a bog standard kind of Gonzo Lupin ending, but with that kind of like realistic filter through it, which like, that's cool. I don't love it. But like I was trying to find a positive because when it ended, I was like, oh, that's it. And so I, I've been thinking hard about it. Like, what is it? Is there something good about that? Oh, hey, that's kind of nice. Also, like, granted, Dennis killing Burger was kind of lame. Like, man, why do you get the cool thing at the end? But that being yeah. said, I love, love that moment where the Lupin gang just completely ragged, but still ready to go. Just like they don't even have to like do much physically to threaten him. They just look at him like, don't even try it. And he's like, I'm not, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm good. Um, and that leads to, I really, really wish, and this, I, I shouldn't criticize the special for what it wasn't like. I, I'm going to be fair to it because what it is, is okay. But I couldn't stop thinking of the possibility of this film having the Lupin gang just straight up be the antagonist for the cat's eye gang. Not like evil, but, you know, they both have a goal for this treasure. Lupin's dead set on getting it. And I, I, it would have been nice to me. I know this may have like made some Lupin fans angry, but like have it in where the cat's eye gang do best them because this is this is their realm. It's their dad's treasure. I don't know. 
I can't stop thinking about like what it would be if Lupin was a bit more threatening, a bit more of an ass and like the gang because they, they do that, but they do it only when Lupin first has that interaction with Hitomi and the gang initially. And then at the end and then in the middle, it's, Hey, I remember the castle of Cagliostro. Thank you for reminding me once again. Not again. Yeah, they really yeah. they really messed up this bait and switch they did with mm-hmm. Lupin and then also the bait and switch with um with Burger, I believe. I mm-hmm. joke that Burger and Dennis the Menace <laughs> literally <laughs> remind me of like the the antagonist in um the second in 22 Jump Street where you where it's just so no like where it's just so obvious that that person is the antagonist that they made the joke of like oh the the, the tattoo you know like hey what is that oh it's my old high school mascot the plain view red herrings like literally <laughs> yeah. like oh it was thank so you for funny. bringing that up because the <laughs> minute welcome. the minute that that old man walks into their cafe and is like I was a friend of your father I'm like oh yeah it's it's my old high school mascot, yeah. the plain view red herring. And what I did not like at all, do not like one bit, no. is the shadowy shots of him at the desk. You kind of see his beard, and you're like, "Oh fuck you!" I don't wonder who that is. I know who it is. Stop. It's like, yeah. Let's not do this. And also another thing that very much frustrated me was now, granted, in the hypothetical special I just made up, this would be cool. But then doing the setup of Lupin betrayed your father and like he's a murderer. I'm like, no, no, we just did this in part six. Don't you fucking dare do this to me again. (laughs) We did this horse shit. You're going to be like, oh, he's evil. We're like, no, he's the Cagliostro Lupin all along. Didn't you know? Aren't you? You're stupid. It's like, all right. One thing I also really did like, and I think it's kind of where the crossover aspect like it's kind of realized to its full potential is Toshio and Zenigata. Oh yeah. That is where they like really nailed two characters who are immediately going to become two peas in a pod. And then Toshio soon realizing as I, I think Lee in your review on Lupin central, you kind of like mentioned how like Toshio's like, ah, oh, yes. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Zenigata is on one in this film. Like, like Chris said, he's like a bit more, Dignified that he's in obviously the original mm-hmm. part two anime and part one at times, but man alive, he's like full blown psychopath at times. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I love him climbing through the window of that bathroom to go back into the building, like regardless of what he's just been told. Like yeah. that just feels like Zenigata. I feel like if mm-hmm. there's one thing in this film that is really sort of the shining diamond in the rough, it is him. It's like the way he is written, the way this relationship between him and Utsumi is written, I think is fantastic. And mm-hmm. I would love to see more of that, to be honest. I completely Same. agree with you. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of, isn't this why we, we just really want a Koike Zenigata? Because it's that Zenigata that is the more compelling Zenigata, yeah. I feel. Oh, I love all the Zenigatas. I can't diss any Zenigata. Oh. They're all oh, the best. I, I see this because, like, I do love the bumbling Zenigata because part two, but it's like, I want more badass tough Zenigata. Like, mm, Hell yeah. fire, Being fire in taste. the loin sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, it's possible to have both. Just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, I'm glad you brought up their relationship because I know I had mentioned to you, I also liked uh, the interactions between uh, Rui and Jigen. A lot for a yeah. second. Yeah. yeah, I really liked uh, them working together. Uh, I don't know why. It, like, I wish it had been delved into more, but I did really like their interactions. Yeah, yeah. Same. very adults me, of the group. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. the, that's really what it is. Rui's the big, the eldest, and Jigen. I do feel that Jigen is the eldest of the quad. So yeah, it's very much that th- that thing of like also that. Uh, oh my god i'm gonna get a lot of shit for this but it's just because like no i say this because like in the animation they made jigen Lagamish, but it's also the hair Rui and jigen have the same kind of hair in this thing hey let's hey. it amish uh, see before i address what maybe some of you have noticed i've not been talking about yet let me get through more of the very positive or mixed things yeah. um saving the best till last drew surely um what's really racist piss boil Oh, Lord. I have to be reminded. Goemon and Fuchiko are in this, right? Yeah. I have, yeah I've forgotten. Because, like, okay, I, I'm mostly kidding. That's mostly applies to Goemon, because Goemon is just there, poor man. He's fair. Always. He's nothing to do. However, however, yes, he was just there, but it was nice to see the action scenes with him. I will admit that. The action, yeah, um, true. the moments he was there, it was nice, but it's like, yeah, like Lupin versus Detective Conan, he was just there, brought him in at the last fucking second. A bit of a Cagliostro problem with Goemon here. And speaking of Cagliostro, I have to mention another moment when I rolled my eyes, which is at the end when Michael Hines' voice booms through underneath and I was going, no, don't do it. And then it pans down, lo and behold, there are spikes in the ground, a skull in it, and Lupin's using a voice changer and uh, projecting his voice. I completely forgot about that part and how shameless it was. I clapped when I saw them too! I clapped because I know- The castle of Cagliostro. I know what that is! I didn't realize this could be seen as a Cagliostro homage. Okay, you're right. <laughs> Well, not necessarily like, okay, yes, homage, but more like uh, it's still in the vein of Lupin, the knight in shining armor. That's yeah, really true. What I mean, yeah, Lupin, I'm talking specifically the logistics of him being above a pit filled with spikes using a little voice changer to like project. I'm like, oh, we're, we're doing that, huh? Yeah, yeah right. Um, yes, I have seen it. Thank you for reminding me, TMS. I would have forgotten without without your help. It, even though, um, yeah, yeah. Drew, continue your your thoughts on. Well, the, the the last thing I mentioned before I get to the thoughts, mm, a thing, the thoughts. Um, <laughs> like despite this being like a, a a really bog standard TV special kind of story, which on first watch I was pleasantly surprised that it was just you know even serviceable. I was like, oh thank God, I wasn't. I didn't want to jump out of a window watching it. On um, the other two rewatches, it's it's kind of has. Like I have become a little less enthused because I'm like, oh, it's a TV special. Okay, it was, it's an inoffensive TV special. It's fine. I will say it ending on the emotional beat with the Cat's Eye Sisters and the reveal of what the paintings are like that. That leaves me with a lot of goodwill, to be 100% honest, because that's just a really like genuinely kind of touching and sweet thing. You got like I realizing that like the flower and it makes more sense in Japanese because mm-hmm. the, the word I in Japanese is love true mm-hmm. you mentioned something to the effect of you know like the uh the the bouquet like blooms love or something i forget the exact line of dialogue and then i walks up and you, you know there's tears in her eyes and she realizes it's her Aww. like that that was sweet that made me happy i smiled and then my smile immediately faded when a mix of Lupin the third 80 playback from the first plays, but it sounds like it's playing in a hollowed out pumpkin. <laughs> I don't understand. That's specific. It is, but that's how it sounds because like I, I played both of those back to back and it's like the fullness and the bass and like the vibrancy of it. It just sounds like it's playing in a room further away. 
Okay, so for reference, here is the mix from the soundtrack of Lupin the Third versus Cat's Eye. And here is the mix from the original soundtrack of Lupin the Third the First. Because that's all the tracks on um, the soundtrack yeah. album. I have a theory. Mm. It, it, it kind of wants wants to do this thing where it's like, the only way I can explain it is like, if you've ever went to Disneyland, Disney World and w- and waited in the queue line for Tower of Terror. <laughs> no, really. You, you waited in the queue line for Tower of Terror and they play, they play these songs from the 1930s, but they play it with this kind of audio backtrack that is very mm-hmm. like ethereal and scary to make you think like you're lost in that time. That's <laughs> literally how I felt. And, and it's funny because like I watched this special super tired after I got back from Disneyland. So I'm listening to the playback, like you said, and I'm like, why does it sound like I'm waiting in line for Tower of Terror, but I'm waiting in line for like a Lupin ride stuck in the 80s? Lupin 80 sounds so far away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're waiting a long time. It's been know. a long, long time. So honestly, that mix of Lupin 80 is kind of like, it kind of encapsulates the special. It's very frustrating. It's yeah. so near to greatness but it sounds so far away um it also kind of frustrates me because it, they play it for like i think like 20 seconds and then it goes to uh, so the original cat's eye opening the first opening is sung by Henri, who is a queen of j-pop yes. and just all her stuff is amazing and she came back to record a new mix of it and it's amazing it's fantastic. And I kind of wish that would have been what played out the credits in full because mm-hmm. it is it's it, it's the cat's eye sister story. So like it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it would be a bit more fitting to have the, the Fiat drive away to their theme because Lupin, they're like, you know, they play a little supporting role, but, you know, it's their show in the end. Yeah. And well, all the notes I wrote have led me to this point. This movie's a fucking eyesore for me. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Finally. I, I, I don't want to be hard on these animators because anime, like Japanese animation, like that environment is not pleasant for the animators. Mm-hmm. But and uh, and there's actually a fantastic video I'm going to refer every one of our listeners to. It is from uh, Jeff Thieu at Mother's Basement, and it's called CGI Phobia in Anime where he breaks down that like he shows that CGI has been used in anime going as far back as Cowboy Bebop uses plenty of it. And it's fantastic. And how some people do just hate on CGI because it's different. And a lot of C a lot of series it's used like very well. You don't even notice it sometimes. 
uh, Space Battleship Yamado 2199. If anyone's seen that, all the space battles are CGI and it, it's fantastic. Some studios just kind of know, like they, they've had that experience. They know how to blend the frame rates and everything to make it look good. I'm not even fully averse to fully CGI anime. If anyone is watching Trigun Stampede currently, that show is that is film level 3D CG. It is so expressive. The, the movement is fluid. Very much unlike Lupin the Third versus Cat's Eye. <laughs> it, it's very unfortunate this movie opens on what I think is some of the worst animation in the entire thing. That very much kind of wrong-footed me. The water textures in certain places, specifically when the boats are colliding, and there seems to be one animation of Water Splash just playing like repeated as an asset. And you add that with Zenigata falling out of a boat, but it's taking him like 15 seconds to just fall in an arc off like into the water. That was rough. And there, there's something I, I can zero in exactly what it is. In Jeff's video, he mentions that like the thing that a lot of studios are still struggling with are 3d CG character designs, because I think the way he described it was, um, Anime CGI can, and often does, look great. And that's been true for literally decades. We've all just been hating. Though one area where we have all still legitimately been waiting for 3D to catch up to 2D is, of course, with fully 3D anime characters who just never quite look right, you know? From anime's first true bite of the 3D CG forbidden fruit with Appleseed to modern day sins like Berserk 2016, there are countless examples of polygonal horror mannequins masquerading as anime cells and ruining everything. <sighs> the lack of emotion and articulation on the faces really did not gel well with the very expressive performances, especially from the Japanese cast and the English cast. Also when Zenigata rocks up on that boat and you hear Koichi Yamadera, like yelling, like mm. full throated Lupin. And you see this character designs mouth flapping the exact same way and holding that. I was kind of like, Oh no. And you pair that with the fact that he looks like his hat looks like a wet paper bag. <laughs> Point that out. Totally does. <laughs> and that, uh, and let's, let's not forget about his uh, turkey throat. At his one turkey point. throat, oh. everyone's mm -hmm. arm looking like the Michelin tire man. Uh, the yeah. fact that Zenigata like seems to be permanently frozen in this horrible grimace the entire time. <laughs> I think he smiles occasionally, but like he, he like he looks like he's about to murder you at all times. His mother, his mother did not tell him that his face is going to freeze if he wants. <laughs> Your resting bitch face. But also, um. My my best friend, Maria, who lives with me, every time she watches anything with Zenigata, she has to point out his, uh, she calls it the butt chin. And this animation, <laughs> oh lord, I don't remember what Maria said, but it was something to the effects of like, they really messed up that butt chin this time. Like, yeah. I was like, girl, why do you focus on the butt chin? <laughs> but, I, I, I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but like the lack of weight at all times, it like... No act. Every action scene. I, I, I talked to Emma about this. I like these action scenes in concept. The idea of Jigen driving a car on top of a moving train and then going on jumping on the hood and deflecting bullets is awesome on paper. 
Huh. And then watching it happen, I just sat there dejected, <laughs> kind of heartbroken, <laughs> like, oh, man, that's a cool idea. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if uh, I wonder if they were limited by the actual character models and rigs themselves, mm, because like you mentioned likely, there yeah. about yeah, like the facial, for example, drew like it did just feel like there was a lot of mouth flapping and it just mm-hmm. wasn't expressive enough. And when you compare that to like Trigon, like you mentioned, or even Lupin the Third, the first especially, mm. there's just so much more like, wiggle room to do more with the face in those in, yep. in that animation. And it's the same with like the like when the characters are jumping around, you get so much squash and stretch in Lupin the First, mm-hmm. and eat, like like we said at the start of the uh, the, the podcast, um, part three is like that too. The Pink Jacket series, yep. all of that was just missing here. It just came across mm-hmm. as just so flat. Um, yeah, which is a real shame. There's a tell. Uh, oh, sorry to, to interrupt you, Drew. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, but uh, about the uh, character animation, there's uh, a telling sign which I think goes to. Um, uh, would follow Lee's um, uh, lead on that. Uh, if you see any of Jigen's talking scenes when he is frowning, and especially when he is getting irritated at Lupin, uh, mm-hmm. the flaps are frowning, but there's still the smirk at the edge of the mouth, even though he is frowning. So I think there's a true problem of a rushed production because they did not erase that. They kept the model. It's like they made the flaps on top of a completely Mm -hmm. still model. Yeah. And, and again, I don't want to be like, like a person who's like, just, I don't want to be ragging on the animators themselves because I'm sure they did the best they could under the circumstances. And again, like more power to them. Like, you know, I, 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 I hope, they had fun making it and I hope they weren't like under horrible conditions or anything. And they did the best they could, but it just, it, it like Emma mentioned, it just kind of kneecaps the whole thing for me. Mm-hmm. And okay. I, I said, I'm not going to pick on, but one thing I will pick on is when Lupin falls in water and gets out that wet texture on him, he looks like pig pen from peanuts. And not like he's just been <laughs> in water. You were not you and I laughing our asses off when he falls into like. The, oh the, my! When he gets shot and falls, oh. It's, you know, there, you there's guys, many humorous just, moments. You guys are just mean. <laughs> I like to imagine it's that animator's first day in the job. They're like, "Oh boy, I get to work on a loop on the third cat side." Oh, and they're animating oh. that scene. Oh, yeah. Just like, yeah, my heart goes out. <laughs> It's just—it's very unfortunate because there are humorous scenes in them. There are humorous scenes, but I feel like not a lot of the actual jokes landed, and a lot of it was unintentionally humorous, which I feel bad about saying. But there are moments when I did laugh at. Well, there was an attempt. You know, they tried. They did, um, and um, yeah, it's that really badly drawn star. Like an attempt was made. <laughs> but what I will also give praise to are the character designs. I think the character designs here are wonderful. And unlike the Lupin Conan crossovers, there is an attempt to make the Lupin gang assimilate more into the cat's eye universe, which when I first saw the designs, I was not very happy about it, especially because it's pink jacket Lupin. So I was like, you're, you're referencing one of the most, arguably the most expressive Lupin the third series. And using this very kind of rigid, realistic, but actually watching it. And since this is a cat size story, I think that works kind of beautifully. And like, it's not really the full gang having the part three colors. It's just kind of, you know, a little light nod, like a little pink jacket. Um, There has been a lot of 
promotional artwork. There's specifically one of Lupin and Fujiko at the Cat's Eye Diner, and that's just beautiful and also makes me so sad. And I will say there are two flashbacks in this film that are absolutely cruel because yes. they utilize those designs in 2D. And that made me... I just reached out the screen like, no, wait, no, come back when they went away. <laughs> we could have had what, it all. What could have been? But I, I, to, to avoid a situation like our last loop on zero episode, I'm going to stop myself here. <laughs> but overall, I, it, it is very okay. I am not angry about it, but at the same time, I don't think I'm going to watch this again this year. I think three times was enough for now. I'll be watching Lupin Zero multiple times this year. And and that is also a very unfortunate thing is that this has to follow. As Lee mentioned, like, you know, after after having such a high bar, it's time to return to, to that, the, the, the 2010 era of TV specials. Once again, we have a little throwback here. Um, yeah, the 2020s in Lupin have been kind of odd for me. It's Lupin Zero sandwiched between... Hmm. Eh. To be honest, eh. at least we got Lupin Zero first because this was announced prior to yeah. Lupin Zero's. Yeah, it was. yeah, it was. And after part six, seeing this, I tried to be as optimistic as I could, but I agree with you all. Like seeing that first trailer, seeing the animation, and thinking, "Please, please, God, can we have <laughs> something good? Can we have?" Because I'm just in, you know. Really, really hoping we saw a proper return to form, something like you know Fujiko, which I absolutely loved, mm. and Part Four and Part Five, which were both good in their own rights. We got that with Lupin Zero. I'm, I'm yeah. sure we'll get something else of that caliber at some point in the future. Knowing that, I'm happy to get more specials that are more reminiscent of those, you know, mm-hmm. 2010s that you mentioned there, Drew. Um, We've even got like some really like uh, strong. Stuff like not even series wise, a person of the past is an yep, like, yeah, 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 special. And obviously, we no, did mm-hmm. have a that really was 2019, great... wasn't it? Yeah, yes, close enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the very end of 2019. Years are mixing, you know, together, and that's understandable. Exactly. And time, time is an illusion, as are pants. You're right. <laughs> uh, what are you gonna say? I was gonna say, uh, as you guys and our listeners were unaware, I had to take a phone call a moment ago. Mm-hmm. My young cousin is staying with my mom tonight, and my mom asked me where I found Cat's Eye at because she wants to show her that. So, Aww, Aww. so, I, so I thought that was a pretty uh, interesting timing. I love Mama Chris. She's the best. Yeah, yeah Mama Chris, we love you. We stand Mama coolest. Chris. It's okay. She's going to listen to this episode. She already told me. <laughs> so. But um, going back to like just how Lupin has just been, I, I'm I'm just in that vein of like um, Katie of, of this whole thing of like, I'm just happy to be here yeah. because yeah. being a fan from 2002, like, you know, the mid 2000s to like 2010, it was just a desert. We would get the occasional special and pray to God it was good. <laughs> and then it never was. <laughs> Um, at times, you know, I, I take, I take, a, I take back a lot what I say sometimes over the years as my, um, as my tastes and my views, uh, change, but no, um, I think honestly, in terms of like this after Lupin zero, I mean, for me, I, I, I agree with you, Drew, I would not want to physically see it again, but like I said, it makes for a good, 
Makes for a good radio drama. <laughs> like I said, the voice acting performances are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some end up. yeah. Richard Epcar was probably my favorite part. <laughs> well, uh, who are these? There's so many, so many line deliveries that, like, yeah, <laughs> who are you, broad? Yeah, that, that was that <laughs> was just laugh the- out loud. What? Who are you, broad? Who are you two? That was a callback to to part two, Jigen. I felt just like yeah. the the bluntness of the of the slang he would use. So that that had me and my roommates cackling. So basically, what this was was like you know, part six was kind of like part six was like one of those appetizer sampling dishes where like some of these are good, some of this tastes like fucking ass. Mm. Um, and then we had a really great dinner. We had, we had a you know a really beautiful beautiful dinner. With Lupin Zero. Mwah. And now Lupin versus Cat's yeah. Eye is kind of like an okay dessert. Like, you know, yeah. it's not going to stick with me, but that was nice. Was so nice. Are, are you saying that we're we're going to follow Leonardo da Vinci, like the clone of him after the dinner? Uh, <laughs> the Last Supper, you mean? The Last Supper. <laughs> well, well, for me, for me, the way Drew just described it, he just basically described my experiences at every Olive Garden I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the soup you get is phenomenal. <laughs> so before we wrap up here, Natalie, I know mm-hmm. you have a question for yes. every single one of us here, which is <gasps> going to be entertaining. Yeah, I do. I say this because, um, you know, it's interesting to me that Lupin even, you know, put this into perspective. Lupin, like Scooby-Doo, about the same age. And Scooby-Doo has done a lot of kooky things with real life people. Scooby-Doo meets the Harlem Globetrotters. In most recent times, and yes, I have watched it, Scooby-Doo meets the Winchester Brothers. Supernatural. Lupin met Detective Conan, and now Lupin met Cat's Eye. So my question to you guys, and you, and even if we all have the same ones, interject. What else could work, or what would you like to see? I'll hmm. start off with definitely Lupin versus Carmen San Diego because it would work. <laughs> I just want Lupin to solve shit with uh, geography questions. And the other one that would be near and dear to my heart, Lupin meets Kim Possible. I don't know how it would work. But I, I want to see that shit. I just want to see Lupin face off Dr. Draken. <laughs> so whoever wants to start, go right ahead. I could jump in quick. I feel like I have a very boring answer because he's technically crossed over with both of these properties before. Lupin versus City Hunter is one that I see mentioned a lot on Twitter. Of course. And I, mm-hmm. I think having him cross over with Cat with Cat's Eye was fantastic. But there seems to be a very... In this yeah. Special. Yeah, there is yep. a little bit. Yeah, like the little one second cameo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like standing outside that building at the start, isn't he? And it's yeah. nice to see. It makes it feel like there is a sort of like little crumb there of like, maybe this can happen in the future. Maybe mm-hmm. we're going to see mm-hmm. more City Hunter and see crossover there. And the other one is versus Kaito Kid from Detective yeah. Conan, yeah. Case Closed. Like, why has that not happened? They put a joke at the end of the film yes. and going, oh, yep. coming soon. And people still mention that it's been what a decade since that film mm-hmm. came out. It's the winds of winter of crossovers. Like you know how like Game of Thrones fans are like Martin, where where is winds of winter? I'm one of those Detective Conan Lupin fans. Like where is my magic Cato um, crossover? <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. it needs to happen. And it was cool to see him disguised as him at the start of the, of the yeah. movie. 
argue, like one of the best parts of that, I think. I mean, I, I still quite, I agree with you all in saying the Cat's Eye crossover was better than the Conan special. Mm-hmm. I do think the film has some really good kind of scenes and points in it. Zenigata yeah. especially getting text messages from Lupin and <laughs> amazing everybody that just amazing. It's just so fun. Yeah, he's um, a but yeah, I don't, I don't know why they haven't followed that up. I would love to see that, especially. Um, yeah, a bit of a cop out for my answer, but those no, two are the, hey. come to my mind. Whoever wants to go next, I, I leave the I leave the the field yeah, open. I will. Mine are completely cracked out. <laughs> that is and fine. That that's you know I, I just roll with it. Well, years ago I wrote like a Twitter post, maybe even a Tumblr post when I was still using it about a crossover with <laughs> the Dragon Ball franchise. Oh yeah. <laughs> And you hear me out here because it's like I'm cracked out. Uh, so this would be so funny to me. Can you imagine Jigen's response when you see Shenron <laughs> coming into the sky? <laughs> he doesn't like anything like ghost wise, supernatural wise. He tried like in Darwin's bird. He's like. I'm out of here. <laughs> you see a giant dragon come out of orange spherical balls, and he's probably like, fuck this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so you have that. Uh, obviously, Lupin, like, hitting on a- any of the women, like Bulma, Chi Chi, Android 18, probably getting his ass whooped by all of them. Yeah, I want to see that. Just that. <laughs> Me too. Um, like it would probably be like yeah, you know, it'd have to be almost like Bulma centric because she's the smartest. So um, yeah, I, I, like I I just came up with this like years ago. I was probably drunk, honestly. <laughs> I'm <gonna> be <laughs> completely honest. I was probably like, <laughs> yeah. I need to find this post. It sounds amazing. <laughs> But my other idea, and I've mentioned it before, uh, with the Leijiverse, Leiji Matsumoto universe. I think that'd be so interesting. <laughs> that would that would definitely fulfill my dreams of Lupin in space. Yeah, Lupin in space. I'm always here for it. We always know how much I like trains. Um, rides the train of space, three nine, big one. Um, tries to steal the Arcadia. I don't know. Uh, which that would be inspired. You get uh, Harlock and Goemon together. They were both voice acted by the same guy at some point, Matthew Anue. Mm-hmm. Would just be like, he's just like me for real. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know, there wouldn't work at all. Truly, like at this core of things, probably wouldn't work. Uh, one would definitely. I mean. The Leiji verse one would almost like yeah that would be technically an isekai. Time travel. <laughs> Didn't think about that. I know one that isn't cracked out. Uh, Scooby Doo, and that's probably going to be brought up a lot. Uh, <laughs> I mean, talk about incredibly long running series. Um, you have your Kiyoshi Kobayashi of the Scooby Doo universe and Frank Winkler. Or is it yeah. Fred, who plays Fred? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frank Walker. Um, been playing Fred for like 50 some years. Uh, Scooby Doo has worked in multiple different series. 
of all different kinds. It's done live action um, and arguably successfully. Though I didn't really like the live action Scooby-Doo movie. I kind of know it's had like kind of a renaissance uh, period coming back. Their casting is really great. But- it's very mm. campy. Yes. Um, but I will say that their best crossover was with Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Um, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a great episodes. episode. Uh, so I think because of that, like Scooby-Doo can pretty much work in the, like most like other mediums. Lupin is the same way. I've seen multiple memes bringing up. I've seen multiple like crossover artwork with the two series. That would probably be my like not cracked out one. Those are really the three that I can think of that I wish I could have, would probably never have. Uh, so <laughs> open the floor for who else. Um, you have one, Chris? Well, there's a few that jump out at me, but the first one that came to mind is maybe a crossover with the Ace Attorney games. Ooh. But I don't know, man. Well, like, at the same time, I feel like that may be like a little too obvious. <laughs> I like it. Hey. Can we get Professor Layton in there as well? Professor Layton yeah, versus, yeah. Right versus Lupin. Well, see, there actually was a uh, piece of... Uh, concept artwork for the original Ace Attorney game that featured uh, Lupin III as the uh, defendant. Or, oh, wow. uh, I want to see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that it was meant to be like a serious thing. It's just like, you know, we need a play source. We're just going to put Lupin III here. I think that might be kind of fun. Which like, you know, Phantom Thieves, those, that is a thing in that franchise, such as uh, Mask the Mask mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, the first one that came to my mind... That thing's a little less obvious. Maybe Outlaw Star, but that's just because I want to see uh, Suzuka interact with Goemon because they're so much alike. Yeah, hmm. I'm sure some other obvious ones like maybe, like Space Dandy. I think that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. I was God. about I was about to say that I was about to suggest it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, Guillaume can elaborate, but yeah, Space Dandy's a good one. I mean. Yeah, Space Dandy is basically one of Lupin's many, many, many um, influenced, you know, successes. Mm, yeah. he's, he's the love child of Lupin the Third and Johnny Bravo. Um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And <thanks laughs> Lupin to, meets Johnny Bravo. <laughs> I mean, that's him to a nutshell, and uh, him in a nutshell, and um, the flexibility. I just another good crossover idea. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Two fucking players. <laughs> <laughs> unsufferable on the streets and um, oh, that's so great nope and the, the whole thing about space dandy is you can bend the laws of time and multiverses and so on and right. i just had this crazy idea of bringing back the um cancelled plan of lupin the eighth series co-produced mm-hmm. by france you mix it with space dandy and um, you, you just have maybe uh, uh, Lupin the Third appearing. You know he was preserved in some form of uh, cryogenic stasis or, or something, and you have mm-hmm. uh, you know some, man- punch idea. Like yeah, some madness in space. And I thought about Emma's um, out of the park Dragon Ball crossover idea, and I want <laughs> to see Goemon um, train in order to get the Kaioken at least. Uh, and cut even more things with a Kaioken enhanced Santetsu what was I about to say yes um, Lee's um, City Hunter crossover idea there's there's actually a a great uh, fan art series on Pixiv by a Japanese fan artist um, um, having you know both Lupin and the City Hunter cast uh, um, 
uh, interacting together. Uh, it predates uh, this uh, crossover that we've been reviewing uh, with such passion, I must say. And um, <laughs> I loved this series of fan art. I have it saved somewhere, but I can't remember the name of the artist. I'm sorry. He's mm. very good. He also makes uh, some hero academia smut drawing, but that's another topic. And... Um, <laughs> I'm usually very conservative. I'm not really into crossovers because I like my series to be separate, but that's because I'm, you know, I'm I'm kind of a square, to be honest. Um, but yeah. Hey, right. Pinky square. <laughs> pinky square. Uh, but yeah, now, <laughs> now I want to see all of your ideas. I It's not related to um, Natalie's question, but just wanted to throw that one bit of trivia in the French dub. Uh, Jigen is actually uh, voiced by Adrien Antoine, who is the um, French voice of uh, many um, blockbuster protagonists like Chris Hemsworth. But Ooh. he's also the French voice of Archer. Hey, oh, wow. Archer blood. would be great. And now it goes, you know, it connects back to Natalie's question. <laughs> so that's wonderful. Yeah. Lupin versus Archer. Hell yeah. Oh, God. Just... just uh, I'm sorry, let me interrupt, but I, I thought of a great one. Yeah. What? A crossover with the original Pink Panther movies. <gasps> Fuck oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Give All me right. that shit Okay, now. you win. <laughs> okay, I can already <laughs> see yeah. Zinigata being very pissed off by Clouseau. Mm, <laughs> definitely. Uh, for, uh, I think, Revenge of the Pink Panther in 78, mm-hmm. for the Japanese mm-hmm. release, mm-hmm. Monkey Punch actually drew a crossover piece. With uh, with Zenigata pursuing the Pink Panther, you know, I, ha- oh, nice. I have that drawing saved. I have it. I know, right? Isn't it great? I can't believe I forgot about that one. But yeah, that's what I want to see. Piggybacking off of that, and I just say that because I'm a huge, I'm a huge whore for Murder She Wrote and Columbo. Just give me those, especially because you know Columbo's son was in yes. part two. Yes, hey, so. Morongo. Morongo. One more thing. <laughs> just one more thing. Just one more thing. Right, let's see. Yeah, Drew, I'm sorry. So, no, no, no. Um, one of them I am basically stealing from the Dynamite in the Brain podcast, which is actually one of the uh, influences for this podcast. It's a very oh. good show. Give it, a, give it a listen at some point. Um, good plug. Good they plug. were talking about a Lupin special at one point, and they were saying that like one, like one of their ideas was Lupin the Third versus Golgo 13. Of which course. I believe even, which I believe Monkey Punch Art pointed out uh, yeah. recently on Twitter. He also had a really fun response where he was like, yes, I know that Gogo 13 technically showed up in part six. Um, <laughs> but uh, and, and the, they mentioned this conundrum and it's one I've thought about where like the whole thing is that Gogo 13 never fails to kill his target. Yeah. But Lupin the third never fails to get away. So you would have just probably this eternal struggle between the two that would like just be this never ending. Like th- th- that's a fun idea. Hell yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and another one that I thought of just now that I would very much like to see is Lupin the Third versus uh, Blackjack. Uh, Osamu Tezuka's Blackjack, which okay. like a premise for it kind of is right there because the whole point is he's like a rogue doctor who expects only exorbitant fees. Sometimes it depends on like the person who sometimes, you know, you have like a person who can't afford it and they're poor and he's very kind and like helps out. But there are also assholes who pay him yeah. a ton of money for thing. I can already picture that money being swept away by a certain thief and blackjack who normally would just kind of 
maybe brush it aside and go on his way. There is always an annoying uh, detective right on Blackjack's heels who may force his hand to go after it, which would be. That's kind of a fun concept. Well, a also because the voice of Blackjack since the 90s Dazaki directed OVAs has been Akio Otsuka, which would be very fun to have him and Jigen in his current form interact. I can know. <laughs> and it's basically the exact same voice he does for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Should be interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to see that one. But no, yeah, like I said, I just bring that up because um, it's just astounding that now we have this and, you know, my dumb ass forgot Rosa Versailles with part hey. two. Yeah. No, I, I'm i sorry. That was just like, hmm, spec. But no, Good I bring episode. that up because... I didn't forget. <laughs> oh. What, you want, you want a cookie? <laughs> down, yeah, yeah, yeah. down. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying. To, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm a little. I'm still stoned, so I do apologize. Um, but no. To wrap it up, I bring it up because it's just astounding that now Lupin has crossed over to three, three and a half franchises now, and the possibilities. I, I highly doubt some of these will happen because you know, um, co- um, copyright and the, the rights holders and whatnot. But it, it's just astounding that this could just go anywhere at this point. Heck, I'll even throw in, for me, my other crack one is Tintin, because Tintin is just an adventure series, and it could work with Lupin. But I digress. So yeah, I mean, who knows what um, other franchises, at least within the TMS um, holdings, that Lupin could jump into. Mm. Heck, if Lupin ever made a crossover to anything American, I would... Like I said, just give me that Lupin versus Carmen San Diego, and I could die happy. I could peace out the next day. <laughs> so, <laughs> Drew, does that does that mean we wrap this up? I feel I think so. Already... I am going to have to slightly disagree because you said that they may not happen. Need I remind you that we summoned Lupin Zero into being? So TMS does listen to us. I yes. get that, and I get I get that because I also shots. had. Hey, I had the power to make Liz Trust resign. So, oh yeah, that's Thank definitely God. me. Yeah, Lee, you have to thank Natalie specifically for that. Oh, I will. I will. Yes. Can we do the same with the whole Tory government, please? Please. Let's go for it. I'm trying, sweetie. I am trying. I have I have a tia. I have a tia who practices Santeria, so I'll ask her. Whatever you need to do, please do it. Yeah. The summoning circle starts now. Yeah, I'll I'll ask her next Skype call, but No, but on that note, uh, I think one thing we can all agree on is if these crossovers ever happen, please be animated by literally anyone else. <laughs> um, Agreed. Agreed. Here, here. Um, we'll go through our various social media plugs before we wrap up. So, Lee, where can we find you on the social medias? Um, I think I'm on pretty much everything these days. I'm not on TikTok, um, but everything else at Lupin Central. Um, I would suggest maybe go to the website instead just visit lupincentral.com if you want any lupin news or features by these amazing people in this call and many others on the team as well um there's a lot there and yeah that's about it i don't have any personal social media these days just at lupin central so natalie what about you well you can find me i mean as long as it's still up you can find me on twitter at c-a-p-l-i-h-e-l-l-s-i-n-g Start to find me a little bit more on Instagram at Captain Lee Helsing. Captain spelled out. Um, I'm actually working on a domain name for some of my writings. So once I finally get that figured out, I will I will boost the hell out of it because I wanted something un- other than Tumblr. <laughs> but other than that, um, yeah. 
I mean, I guess I could put my AO3, but uh, I'm shy. <laughs> oh, I'm very shy. I, I talk a lot, but I'm shy. I'm a chihuahua. <laughs> I'm so I'm super stoned right now. I'm so. <laughs> That's okay. Yes. A stone yes. chihuahua. <laughs> That's the mental image. Fifty percent hate. Hey, Matt, it could be worse. You could be doing this while uh, totally, completely drunk. Mm. Uh, Don't don't call yourself out, Chris. You could do it multiple times. (laughs) Adel, you you could fall asleep on the social media (laughs) platform. This will haunt you for the rest of your days. By the way. Surprised. I'm surprised poor Lee and poor Guillaume haven't fallen asleep, but I've looked at I've looked at Guillaume especially just like, oh my god, he's gonna fall asleep. Yeah, it's 320 <laughs> in the morning. Ooh. Uh, oh if, if if it were a weekday, uh in an hour or two, my alarm would go off and I would have to go and teach some German and French to uh, ingrateful Ooh. brats. <laughs> Not petty at all. <laughs> You know what? On this thread, Guillaume, where can we find you on the social media? Should you? I don't know. Um, I don't have a TikTok because I still have my dignity. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at uh, William Barbe, B-A-B-E-Y. Uh, you can find me uh, on Mastodon because, you know, I, I like the sound of silence. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. And you can find me on Instagram uh, at Guillaume Babe, uh, which is G U I L A U M E B A B E Y. Uh, sorry, it's so long to spell my own name. It is late. It is late there, Guillaume. <laughs> it is, I was it like, is. you sure you're not stoned either? <laughs> I think I'm getting stoned at the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> and you can find my artwork uh, at Shinredir, S-H-I-N-R-E-D-D-E-A-R. And um, I think that's most of it. Very nice. And Emma, where can we find you? You know, it's really weird being one of the only sober people. <laughs> 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 We're getting used to that. I kind of like it. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at E-M-M-A-W-O-L-F-E-227. You can find me on Instagram at E-M-W-O-L-F-E-227. And those are really the main ones that I'm active on. Do not... I am on Facebook, but I'm not going to give that out. Do people still use Facebook? Yeah, I see you use that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> From time to time. But I like being old, so I do too. <laughs> I, I, I rarely on it because I have family on there. If I if they knew I was stoned right now, they wouldn't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are really the two main ones you can find me on. And Chris, where can we find you? Let's see, I do have my own domain name. The amazing Chris That's a G O D B E Y. You can find my web comics at weirdinacan.com and drawocoward.com. I'm on uh, Twitter at Dr. Furball, D R F U R B A L L. I'm on pretty much every other place at amazing Chris Godby. Uh, Instagram, Newgrounds, few other places. Uh, I'm sometimes a contributor to uh, Lupin Central. 
which uh, you folks may have heard of. Um, Wait, what's that? <laughs> it's awesome. That's what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, how about you, Drew? Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter while it's still here at <laughs> DrewHunter15. That's D-R-E-W-H-U-N-T-E-R-1-5. And you can find our podcast on Twitter while it's still around at Lupin Pod. That's L-U-P-I-N-P-O-D. And you can find us on Instagram at the same at and our new Tumblr page just at Sideburns and Cigarettes. And you can listen to our show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, feel free to scroll up or down and give us a rating and review if you want to. No pressure. It's all, it's all good. Five stars. <laughs> not so subtle at all anybody that rates us is loved and appreciated by hand to keep that in mind look we, we uh phrasing our parents never loved <laughs> us so we, we we seek that validation i know what i said so. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, I could that's why his amazing chris got me rate us five stars and we'll find you <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't realize Liam Neeson came into the phone call. Oh, I will, I will I'm you. the one that usually threatens our listeners. And I will rate you. <laughs> but on that note, I'm going to have to give a very, very special thanks to both Lee and Guillaume for joining us at such a late hour. Lee, thank you for all the amazing work you do on Lupin Central. Like, honestly, it's been a pillar of my fandom ever since I first got into it. Same. Like, like it's been my go-to from day one, and I, I deeply appreciate you having our episodes and the having the sidebar. Now, it is a huge honor to be included on the uh, the site. That's really nice. Thank you so much for saying that and for all your support. Like, you guys are amazing. I really want to make that clear as well. This show has been fantastic. You've been going on for so long with it now. It's been a joy to listen to, and please keep up the hard work. I love it every time you drop an episode, and it's really Mm -hmm. great to have these companion podcasts along with the show as well. So thank you for all the work you do as well. I've just been amazing people. Like, I've spoken to you all online through twitter and stuff before but just jumping into this call like it just feels so natural like you're all just really warm mm-hmm. and really nice to speak to so yeah thank you for just being awesome man blushing oh, now i'm all red i'm crying and it's not because my eyes are red <laughs> and also guillaume thank you for joining us for the first time in full length episode man it, it, it it's it and obviously life gets in the way but man i have missed hearing your voice on the show and i'm glad to hear it tonight you are a great contributor to the podcast and it's it's awesome to have you here with us and and hello a great friend <laughs> oh yeah. stop guys i'm really gonna blush it's terrible you know i'm uh, <laughs> our viewers um um don't have of course we don't have um you know, the visuals, but I'm wearing a brown and red shirt and I feel like my skin tone is going to mix with it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very thankful to all of you. I don't know if the redness is because you're tired or just because you've been blushing all night. Oh, (laughs) well, I'm sure a screen name is probably part of that too. Yeah, true. (laughs) And on that note, Lupontic folks, we will see you again. When uh, apparently our longest episode to date is about to drop, our second recap of Lupin the Third Part One, covering episodes five through nine, and then 
boy, it feels weird saying this. We're finally getting back to covering part one, episode by episode. I know I've said this before, two years ago. I promise this time it's actually happening. Yeah, we, 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 are, just, we are just chaos as bitch at this point. <laughs> it's not easy being green. <laughs> Hoping for once the franchise just kind of slows down for at least a month. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't announce a new thing for one solid month. And tomorrow they announce like a big movie and... Uh, and then hey, we'll all if, look collectively be like, oh shit, another thing. To stop hey, if it's Kawike, I'm not going to complain. Okay, no, okay, I agree. Look, here's right. what's going to happen. They're not going to announce anything for a solid month. And then as soon as we get back into the swing of stuff, then they're going to announce five projects. <laughs> and it's With coming out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Lufon in space. <laughs> With that, Lufontic folks, we'll see you again when we speak on the uh, kind of the changeover from Masaki Osumi to Hayao Miyazaki, like the kind of genesis of that for almost three whole hours. So until then, have a good night, Lufontic folks. Bye. See you next time. Bye. 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 The title should be standard. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>